This is your drive time prop, 30 minutes jam-packed, up-to-the-minute news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. The top story today, if you ask me, is that it is Ron Paul's birthday. I love Ron Paul. I just uh, posted a or tweeted an interview I did with him a few years back. I think it was three years now. And he had talked about the deep state, and I'm telling you, it was before anyone said deep state. And it just proves that the deep state is not Obama holdovers. So I encourage people to listen to that podcast. It's also my first son's birthday, and he, I didn't even remember, this is just a lesson in, in, uh, in, Life, maturity, I don't know. But I, my sister texted me today and said, I know this was the worst day of your life. And, you know, now everything's fine and that's great and happy birthday. And I thought, wow, I had not, because my son was born with Down syndrome and he was my first son. And I hadn't realized that I, I was just so brokenhearted over it. And he's the best thing that ever happens to me. And I just, there's no other example I can think of where something that seemed like the worst thing that ever happened ended up being the best thing that ever happened. And I just feel like that's a life lesson I had to share on this day. And without further ado, let me get to the story I teased yesterday. There were six teenagers burgled a home and one was shot to death by the homeowner and the others are charged with murder. And this is like outrage around the internet. And for anyone who went to law school or even reads uh the newspaper on a regular basis the concept of felony murder is decades old and if you are in the commission of a felony and your accomplice is killed by the cops or anybody else you are charged with murder which is why i kind of smelled a rat with the lavoy finicum story at least the story as it was reported it was after the bundy ranch standoff and he was killed his co-conspirators, the Bundy Ranch people should have, I, I couldn't understand, maybe the, maybe local laws are different, but I could understand why those people weren't charged with murder. His murder, that's a normal thing. That's how it works. I mean, you may not think it's fair, but it generally works. And that goed with, went with a few other stories in the news. One was a Memphis clerk was convicted of murder for killing a teen who stole a $2 beer last year. And what that clerk did was manslaughter, actually, or second-degree murder. I don't know. So what the clerk did was he ran out into the night, and he shot into the night as the teenager ran away. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to shoot somebody who's running away, shoot into the night. And the kid, he didn't know even hit him. He thought he did, but he didn't know, and the kid bled out to death because he didn't get help. Uh, and then there's another trial that began today or yesterday, a stand your ground trial in Florida. A guy was uh, uh, argued with a woman who parked in a handicapped spot. Her boyfriend came out and started attacking the guy and he shot the, uh, the her boyfriend. And that, according to Florida, if you feel like you're in danger, like the George Zimmerman thing, you can shoot. You don't have to try to get away. So that's these laws that kind of protect somebody who's defending themselves. Like I feel like the castle doctrine, which is you can shoot somebody who comes onto your land, is the right it, – it is going to be in the crosshairs. And that this is all part of the gun control agenda. But that, that was that story that I had teased to yesterday. All right. Well, Kristen Gillibrand has said that there's a path for redemption for Al Franken and – Mark Halperin of MSNBC, something that 
I know you saw it coming a while ago, especially for Al Franken. Gillibrand said that we're a country that believes in second chances. We believe in someone who has humility, who, who has come forward to say that they're sorry and that they've paid their consequences and wants to reemerge. That's always there for someone. There's always room for redemption. I, I don't get why this conversation is so difficult. Now, Gillibrand was leading the way in calling for Al Franken to step down, and she has like cited that a number of times while she's been on the campaign trail. And now she seems to be kind of leading the way to welcome Al Franken back into the fold. And there was another senator – who was it? Uh, there was another senator who said that it was the worst mistake of, of his career calling for Al Franken to step down. So they're welcoming Al, for Al Franken back into the fold, and you thought he was going to be a candidate for 2020 at one point, didn't you? I, you, I might have. I, you know who I think was going to run for senator is John Stewart. That was definitely oh, right. yeah, the yeah. one I thought. But the that reminds me, I'd actually written in my notes that, that how, what a kick I get out of the clip that you pulled of Gillibrand what her slogan should be definitely not impossible <laughs> yeah actually can, yeah now frank and reemerge definitely not a, impossible <laughs> that's her tagline but i had cited that in a story of jill biden jill biden joe biden's wife was quoted at from a i think i think it was a new hampshire campaign stop or, or something like that it was around uh, yeah nashua new hampshire democrats she said um it says, I know that not all, this is her quote, I know that not all of you are committed to my husband and I respect that, but I want you to think about your candidate, his or her electability and who's going to win this race. She says, uh, uh, sh- oh, shoot, I lost it. So I think if your goal is to, is to beat Donald Trump, we have someone who can beat him. Your candidate might be better on, I don't know, healthcare than Joe is, but you've got to look at who's going to win this election. And maybe you have to swallow a little bit and say, okay, I personally like so and so better, but your bottom line has to be that we have to beat Trump. So her campaign speech there is saying, like, I know that Joe's a terrible candidate. You don't like him on the issues. He's full of gaffes. You, but you have to suck it up because the polls say he could beat Trump. And to me, that's like violates every law of politics like you would never. I mean, it's, it, it, it violates the laws of selling a used car like you would never lead with that kind of. a. And that's his I, wife. I know. I know. So it just makes me it plays into all this. Joe is the worst candidate ever shtick that I think we see him him acting out. Yeah, we know he's terrible, but he's the only one who can really win. And if you're thinking about it, if it's if you believe the election is not pre pre chosen, then I think that he probably would be the only one who could really win based on the field that they currently have. Yeah, people do want to uh, have a bone pick with us because we were so confident that Stacey Abrams was going to run. And to tell you the truth, I'm still not totally convinced. That she's not going to run. I mean, are you? I believe she's not going to run when she accepts a vice presidential vice presidential uh, role for someone. And who knows if it's somebody old, you know? Right, maybe, if it's Joe maybe, Biden. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, I'll believe she's going to run when Brexit happens. That oh, she's yeah, not going go. to run. Like when when Bre- like these things that are, you know, oh well, that's definitely happening. It's like I don't know. I don't know. It's possible that she's setting herself up for the next time, but she's been building a lot of publicity momentum 
to use for something. I know she's selling her book. I get that. Yeah, it might be vice president. Do we get to count vice president as like a partial prediction or no? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. Uh, Okay. I have – oh, I just wanted to point out that these – I've been identifying these stories that are hitting the national news. Maybe this was just in Atlanta, but uh, these death by falls. So a guy got naked and was trying to jump from balcony to balcony, I think, in Atlanta and fell to his death. Is that – did you see that story? I didn't see that he got naked and was trying to jump balcony to balcony. Oh, maybe that was a joke. It could have been a joke. Somebody tweeted that to me. And uh, and I thought, oh, I didn't realize there was backstory there. But he definitely the the headline was that he exposed himself. That's for sure. And fell off a balcony. I think so. That's a rough way to go. I know, I know. Well, anyway, these stories keep hitting the news. Death by fall. I noticed that. What do you say at the funeral? I know, uh, like a Dar- Darwin Award kind of the the evolution cannot tolerate these kind of decisions. Yeah. So Stacey Abrams was on Anderson Cooper last night, and she tweeted about it. Just joined Anderson Cooper for an important discussion about the insidious nature of our modern voter suppression and the myth of voter fraud. And that, that's just such a – it's such a mind F right there. I was watching Anderson Cooper before she went on, and he did a whole segment that said Trump floats voter fraud conspiracy again, and he went on this whole – it was it was uh, keeping his keeping them honest segment, and he went on this whole rant about how voter fraud doesn't exist. And Trump says people voted illegally. That doesn't exist. That's never been proven. And then he then he welcomes Stacey Abrams on to talk about voter suppression, which is kind of like voter fraud, kind of. <laughs> Also a conspiracy that has no evidence behind it. I know so many people who are not citizens of this country who voted when I lived in California. I mean, all the time. And one thing they have out there is they have a list of all voters and they don't allow you to show your ID. They kind of cringe if you try. So if you if you send 10 people to vote under your name simultaneously at 10 different places, they won't know till the end of the day and they won't know what votes were cast. Yeah. I mean, it's just designed to have fraud in California. Now I say that's insulated because a state has an X number of electoral votes and it kind of cordons off. If they want to squander their votes that way, let them. But it also, it, it, one thing about the voting is that if you live in a place where, where only citizens vote, and yet the census counts non-citizens in how many representatives you get. Like in California, they are way – their voters are way are way overrepresented in Congress than other voters because they have a much larger population versus voter base. That sounds like a conspiracy theory that you're floating. Anderson <laughs> Cooper would not be happy with it. Well, as long as he doesn't send the gendarmes. The what? So the gendarmes, the police. Oh, so speaking of which, shall I tell you about the latest white nationalist, I guess, who was arrested? You ready for Let's that? Let's hear it. All right. Eric Lynn of Maryland was arrested in Seattle, where he lives, I guess, after uh, Facebook posts in southern Florida. He talks about killing all Hispanics in Florida. He did uh, made pro-Hitler and anti-Hispanic um Messages. He wanted to burn Miami to the ground. All stuff that, as Byron had pointed out on the pool on the prop report dot com, that like, can you say I 
I'm going to blow the earth up when I have a nuclear weapon. Like, is that, is that considered like a threat that you can go to jail for 15 years? But it ended up, he was really only arrested because he planned to wire a man $10,000 to beat up a woman in Miami who he was threatening. And this kind of story sounds a lot to me like the sting operations that I'd been reading a lot about a few years back when they kind of came to the fore. I would like to know who it was he was planning to wire $10,000 to. My guess is it was somebody who was already connected with the FBI. Yeah, that often tends to be the case, doesn't it? That an informant set them up. I think the vast majority of the cases. Do people still wire money? Yeah, for sure. I guess they do. They're not going to Venmo $10,000 for hit job? Maybe, although it's traceable. The wire is traceable, right? It's your account, I think. But maybe you can open an account. Get the money, take the out, and or wire it to Switzerland if that's still a thing. Do you know what Venmo is? Venmo isn't that where like you can Apple it directly to like kind of like PayPal. It's similar to PayPal except it's kind of like social media where you send it and then everybody can see who you paid and then you put the reason you paid them for it. People often put like little jokey stuff, but it just seems kind of invasive to me. But it's a really popular app. And I found some people that I know on it where they just – all of their stuff, they just put all their – how the people they give money to and what they give money for. And, and it's just like, why would you tell people all of that? Wow, yeah. And that's the thing about finan- tracking financial stuff is they're – the way that if Google cares most about the searches you make to understand your psyche, your financial transactions are up there as creating this multidimensional image of you. Absolutely. That will, will not be used in your favor. Yeah, and all the people you give money to. So yeah, and a cashless society. I know a lot of libertarians like it, but that you really have to record all your transactions and pay every penny to the imperial to the empire. Yeah, there you go. This was a story that I found really interesting. A new study linked fluoride fluoridated water during pregnancy lowers IQ, and I thought the story was interesting because it made clear that the study was important and that. We should start recommending that pregnant women do not drink fluoridated water, and they even put an additional – they put an additional scrutiny and an emphasis on there saying how important this newly published paper was that they had to have like a meeting to decide if they were going to emphasize the importance of it, and they all knew that they had to. But the reason that they had to put that extra emphasis on there is because – and this is what the main purpose of this story was – is because this is going to be so much fodder for all those conspiracy theorists who are going to claim that they've been right all along. Yes, that's what I thought actually when you started reading it. That's The whole purpose of this story is that, and it's not that the water has fluoridation in it that's lowering people's IQs. Well, It's unbelievable. When they look at it that way, they that to me plays a little bit into this idea that there are – well, Cass Sunstein said justifiable and unjustifiable, but I say like acceptable and unacceptable. Like everything is going to this idea of the authority says so, from domestic terrorism to uh, journalism to science, just questioning it makes you bad. So now maybe they exonerate themselves and say, look, when we get the truth, we tell you, but you're only now allowed to believe this fluoride thing because we told you to, you know, I feel like it's all playing into authority, authority, authority. 
Yeah, listen to this, the first sentence of this article. The findings could undermine public health messaging, fuel conspiracy theorists, and give pregnant women something else to worry about. Yeah, that'll do it. So uh, let's see if I've got anything that is consistent with the conspiracy theory thing. Well, of course, the Epstein story always lends itself to conspiracy theories. There are just a few little updates on that. Uh, Yves Lane, I had to look it up. How do you pronounce her crazy name? She's French, apparently. I mean, she's British, but she's also French. Yves Lane Maxwell apparently staged the In-N-Out Burger pictures with where she was reading that CIA book. There's a shocker. Yeah, man. I could tell because she had her reading glasses off and her book open. Remember I texted <laughs> you that? I was like, as yeah. somebody who wears reading glasses, that is not a real situation. Uh, and, uh, the Jean-Luc Brunel has disappeared again. He was the guy I had mentioned, uh, weeks or months ago saying like, I don't remember this guy coming up before this modeling agency guy, but one of his procurers ended up dead and he was connected with Epstein and he left just like he's Lane Maxwell when it was time to be deposed. And he has kind of dropped the dime on Epstein and we haven't heard from him even though he claims Epstein was up to no good. Well, he's gone now. So we don't know where he is and we're not hearing from him. And then the last thing is uh he apparently Epstein made a will two days before his demise or disappearance or whatever happened to him. So I figured the money angle was going to play in somehow. I'm sure the will will be disputed and that'll keep his claimants from ever getting anything. So these little threads, you pull on them and there's always something there in my opinion. Yeah, that's an interesting story. Many people believe that she's a spy and that that little staged event was some sort of I mean, obviously, it's some sort of some sort of signal or symbol to to someone. Not sure who or for what reason, but if she is a spy, like then, a message in the classifieds. Yeah, whatever. Like a coded some message, sort of, some you sort know, of coded message or something. Yeah. It's a Funny. weird. Like, how how do they not find her? You know, if if she was really well, that's the crazy seen there, thing. How have they not located her? I, right, which means she's here. Which means with facial recognition stuff and who knows what. I mean, it's just and okay, I had a shirt I wanted to buy and I put it back on the rack and this was years ago at Nordstrom and when I opened my email two days later on my laptop a picture of that exact shirt in that color came up on my email and I hadn't transmitted any information about the shirt I just took a picture of it so that I knew which shirt it was for the next time I went to the store so if she's putting out pictures in the New York Post and they, you would think that the surveillance for somebody who's as wanted as she is would be at least as much as the surveillance on the shirt I want to buy. Well, unless she has some of that anti-face technology cream. <laughs> A cloaking device for her face. Yeah, you just rub it on your face and you can't pick up your, your face. So oh. only spies get that. Uh, yeah, good point. So this was a really interesting article. It was, Young Protesters Are Our Best Hope. It's from the Daily Beast. From Hong Kong to Florida, from Stoneman Douglas High School to the streets of Taiwan, youthful protest is the lifeblood of freedom. And the article goes on to compare, which we've talked about this, to compare the Hong Kong protest to the protest that are going on over here and how they're called the resistance over there and they're called the resistance here and how it's young people over there and how it's young people here and how 
they're getting increasingly more bold and increasingly putting themselves in dangerous situations because they don't have to they don't have they don't have to worry about the stuff that older people have and all the older people want to do is just hold on to the status quo and hold them back and all they want to do is just express their new values of freedom and democracy against all the the old guard trying to uh, oppress them and it it's really the whole article is reads like it's trying to insti- instigate young people to get up and go throw a bunch of rocks through windows which make a parallels, bunch of Molotov cocktails. It parallels the countercultural movements, which were, I think, in evidence that they, like Gloria Steinem was associated with the CIA. They went back and they made these these issues that divided people in order to have a complete cultural revolution and technology plays a big big part in that one the big the two big things from what i've read that really uh, contribute to, to cultural revolution is disconnecting kids from their parents or the new generation from the previous generation and technology so in the 60s it was the pill the pill was the technology that overturned the old guard of culture and now it's the information. It's the screens. Yeah, and the article, it parallels and uses the same language when it talks about the Chinese oppressors, and it compares them to Trump, authoritarian and inauthentic, illegitimate. It uses all the same words to talk about Trump and the Chinese dictator, and it also uses the same language to talk about the protesters in Hong Kong and the protesters here. So it's clearly they're trying to draw that parallel and amp up the resistance over here. Yeah, and that picture, I mean, of the Hong Kong protest was crazy. The one from the aerial view where the millions yes, I mean, it looks like millions of people. It looks like it. it. It looked – the last time I saw a picture like that was the Egypt protests when – which we were behind to get rid of Morsi or at least the West was behind it such as the rumors behind the Hong Kong thing. And uh, that was from – I remember reading at the time – the great, the largest protest in human history. Well, was we the might Egypt have one. a I wouldn't record be surprised. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, so Elizabeth Warren was in the news a couple of times. She apologized to a group of Native Americans for claiming Native American ancestry and for providing DNA to prove her extremely remote link to uh, Native American lineage. The Native Americans, I guess, feel like there's no – that blood is not really what makes a person Native American, that it's culture and uh, society, I guess. So that was that was the one thing that she Elizabeth was in there Elizabeth Warren for. said that? Yeah, remember, like, he calls her Pocahontas or Pocahontas yeah. or whatever, and then she proved that she was, like, ten generations back or something. There was some Native American in her lineage. She provided DNA to shut him up. But it ended up outraging Native Americans who felt that was doubling down on her insult to them. Yeah. But she was, she was in the news again because she wants to scrap the 1994 crime bill. And I've been waiting for this for years. I was looking into why crime plummeted since the 90s. And one argument always was, and I, I would like to support this argument that we started loosening up on gun laws at that time. And the more people were armed, the less they were victims of violent crime. And I, I think that's true. But I also found I couldn't really 100 percent say that that was the, the cause. But it is hard to avoid 
the possibility that the really unjust and dramatic 1994 crime bill law act, whatever, was a, is a cause of the dramatic reduction in crime. And what it does is it puts people in jail who really don't belong there. Uh, in my mind, we need criminal justice reform because anybody who commits a crime that is mala prohibit a crime because because it's against the law, not a mala and say crime, which is like a violent crime or whatever. They shouldn't be in jail. There shouldn't be jail time for that. But this had people three strikes, you're out, mandatory sentencing. I think it had three strikes, you're out, but it had definitely had mandatory sentencing, which is unconstitutional. You're, you're entitled to your case by case jury trial. So it put it kind of made the sweep of of people who kind of were powerless and maybe t- tangentially related to black markets and crime and stuff or even just engaging in black markets, it just swept them up and put them in jail so that we have this crazy number of people in jail. But I do believe it's what I call a type two error. You include too many people in that sweep, but it did reduce, it might have reduced crime. So the lower crime rate is a problem for big government, people who want big government and want to keep, you have to have people scared fiscally and physically. And when you have that, the, the, it's hard for you to argue. So people like Nixon, ran on a on a crime bill at the same time that there was a war on drugs, which makes new crime out of stuff that wasn't crime before, makes it all worse. So I was I've been waiting for them to try to make crime worse. The Baltimore thing, Ferguson, when they talk about pulling back law enforcement and inner cities where people probably need it the most, they to me they're looking they're asking for more crime and this is totally consistent with that. And she's just using it as a way to pick on Joe Biden. And I, and I think we need massive criminal justice reform, but I think what they're doing here is intended to make crime worse. Yeah, without crime, they're irrelevant. <laughs> yes, of course. And uh, in their case, without crime or poverty, they're irrelevant. Yeah. So Chuck Woolery of The Dating Game blew up Twitter today. He was the top trend when I woke up this morning, and uh, it was because he tweeted this part in all caps – Racism has nothing to do with race, and then he went on to say that racism is the progressive left crying out for attention. If you disagree with the progressive left, they consider you a racist. They are desperate to hold on to the black vote, and he got so many retweets and so much hate thrown at him after tweeting that that it was just – it sent him to the top of the Twitter twinding nationally. And Twinning, he's trending. he's he is a Republican, right? Yes, or is he, he is. just conservative. Yeah, yeah he's, I, he's a Republican. I wonder how old he is because that's the thing about young versus old. Young people really care what other people think, in my observation. Yeah. And the older you get, the less you care about that. And I I don't know if he's if anyone's ever old enough for that. I mean, I saw Joan Rivers do that on CNN, just slap down this uppity. Or whatever, up, uh, stuck up, mean anchor, young anchor woman. And I remember saying they'll get her for that. And she ended up dead very shortly thereafter. And I'm not throwing any accusations out, but I, she didn't care and she is gone. You think Michelle Obama did it? No. Why would <laughs> Michelle Obama do it? Or Mikel Obama, as she might call him. Oh my gosh, that makes me crazy. <laughs> Michelle so is, is the dating game still on? I know it made a comeback. I'm interested. I, to, know, I know he still there. hosts shows. I'm interested. I think so. I've seen him I think host the, shows. I thought he was the, the crossword puzzle one, Wheel of Fortune. 
No. Chuck Woolery was That's Will Pat Hansen. Sajak. Now, but it was Chuck Woolery before. He was friends with uh, Vanna White. Oh, I, I have no idea. I just know he used to do the dating game, and he would say he's back in two and two. I'm just curious how contestants will react to him if he is still hosting these games. I doubt he's still hosting them if he's... I thought he was. Maybe he's not. Maybe. Let's see. I'm trying to see if he's still doing it. I'm not. Oh, it says political views, though, in his wiki page. Since 2012, he has hosted Save Us Chuck Woolery, which grew out of his YouTube videos. Oh, I don't wow. see. Yeah, That's interesting. I don't see it. So, um, all right. Uh, the Trump claims that Google manipulated 2.6 to 16 million votes for Hillary. He states a highly disputable study and, uh, hilarity ensued. <laughs> Did you hear about this? Yeah, that was also part of Anderson Cooper's keeping them honest segment. Yeah. Last so week. it was a, not a good study. I mean, it's like 95 people and he had them tell him what the, the studier guy tell him whose name was Epstein. Tell uh, him what their their political bent was and then had them do searches and gave plus or minus scores depending on whether it was Trump or Hillary. And then it ended up being like Hillary bias. But there's such a better way like those the James O'Keefe Project Veritas videos of him talking to people at those places, maybe Google, Facebook and Twitter, uh, if I recall correctly. And they talk about that. They talk about intentionally doing it. They talk. Yeah. You could get the guys to explain the algorithm to you. You don't need this thing. This is a distraction. Right. It, and of course, it's bias. Yeah. Of even if it's, it's bias. unintentionally bias, it's going to be bias because people who are biased, their their center is off like they they're looking and they're saying, well, this doesn't. Throw, like you, you tell us stories all the time of like just by not attacking Trump, you are considered a Trump supporter and a racist. So right. their center is off. And then they so even if you hire people who you like, which are definitely going to be people of your same political bent, they're going to skew anything like that inadvertently. But the Project Veritas has people saying they're doing it on on purpose, the engineers and stuff, the manager. Yeah, but according to Anderson Cooper, keeping them honest, there is no bias, and that is an absurd claim. I think that about wraps it up. You can find yep. your drive time prop at thepropreport.com every weekday at 4 p.m. and on your favorite podcasting platform. We will talk to you all tomorrow.